0: Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
3: Welcome to Playful Podcast, your guide into the underground scene where we discover topics on kink and electronic music every week. Don't forget to subscribe to not miss out on our next episode. We are here today with Julian McCartney, also known as MCRT. We talk about what has led up to his career until this point, life purpose, if such a thing, and how he works with goal setting. I am Amanda, and this is Playful Podcast. It's MCRT, McNazi. Uh, I guess some people say MCNZI mm-hmm. also. And this is... What's the thing with Nazis?
1: Okay, um, so... My first uh, alias was McNazi, and it was just spoken like that. But obviously it was hard to present it to people because it's like especially to like a German crowd because uh, German folks are super anal about their history. <laughs> Um, and <laughs> mm, that's what he said it's funny when you say it but yeah. it's actually like a term um but yeah so it was always tough to like kind of bring it to that crowd but so we cut it off a little short and made it like mc nzi and uh yeah the thing with nazis is not even like a fascination about uh nazism or anything i mean obviously i'm like half german and also half foreign um, but the idea was always to create like a punk character that is, uh, clearly not part of anything, but kind of trying to break out and forge an identity at all costs. And it was like an extreme character that, that I, I came up with on the side, just from going out to bunker raves all fucking weekend and being exposed to like the industrial sound and then kind of, you know, this whole bunker Berlin culture of, of. I don't know, having, like, a militaristic metal sound to t- techno was, like, for me, yo, okay, I mean, if Kanye can go around and call himself Black Skinhead but have, like, he's, like, untouched from that whole realm, me as, like, an Afro-German, I'm, I I reserve the right to call myself make Nazi and and represent that name in, like, a fashion that's uh, where I can back it up. And if I say back it up, I mean, like, everybody that is opposed and offended by the name is not the same person that, you know, would do something if Nazis were there and kicking my ass or anything. But no, it's, like, always me and my foreign friends that are on, like, the front line, so to speak, you know, uh, dealing with these types of uh, negative energies. So, I mean, what? Like, what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and it was kind of like a... Rebellious phase, I guess, because I was like, well, "Fuck, uh, seventeen, 18, I guess when. Oh, that, really? When that very young. Yeah, when that character came to came to life, and I don't know, I had like the shave head. Obviously, I had like the the fucking look to it too. And, like I was a fucking mixed kid with with uh, with the boots and the, the fucking punk aesthetic and the bomber jacket, like the the yeah. Uh, alpha industry jackets and it didn't make sense because you you see like a mixed kid or a arab looking kid or like a black kid or whatever but he had he's studying like a very white punk aesthetic and so it was always about like kind of breaking and confusing people and making them not know what to expect but never with being like actually involved in anything that's right wing or uh like offensive towards
3: no but not knowing what anyone expects, that's also something you carry in the music. You yeah. Know? So that's part of the whole goes straight line.
1: Yeah, that's a pretty much. I mean, if you ask me about how far did this mentality get me, I mean, it only got me this far, like for myself, but like McNazi never got nowhere because I mean, festivals never, never booked uh, or dared to put it like on like a lineup or something. I'm guessing just because like, our entire roster was always booked, but my ass for rapping was never booked, but we have, like, the same crowd and whatever, so it was always, like, a tough selling point.
3: Oh, and that's why you created the
1: McCarthy? No, actually, I was kind of, like, not forced into doing it, but, like, everybody around me was saying, like, yo, if you're gonna do techno music now and do it, like, in the label sense with Life From Earth, then we should come up with another name. Also, for your sake, it's, it's a good business move, and then at some point, I was like, yeah, fuck it. Like, if it were up to me, I would still be McNaughts releasing all the music I m- came up with, all the shows, same umbrella. Because I was like, yo, I want to be like Tyler, the creator, and have, like, just, like, this huge umbrella of creativity. And it's like like a like a graffiti mentality. Your name is everywhere. You collect tags. You go out there and, like, yo, I'm in the fashion industry, tag. I'm in the producer industry, tag. I'm out here doing this and that, mm-hmm. Tag and yeah so now i kind of got uh forced into coming up with a new name but i'm very thankful for it because it worked out
3: yeah, yeah do you, you can definitely see a uh, progress within the booking since you changed name or? yeah
1: i mean i was never like booked for uh or at the time i wasn't ne- booked as much from like outside people for for shows like emceeing and, and djing like i'm now but was more local scenes and also just, like, the local underground scene that was, like, occupying my time on the weekends.
3: You are from Berlin, a little bit outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, who were you when you were <laughs> growing up?
1: Mm, oh, yeah, I guess, like... Uh, yeah, f- f- outsider-ish. Like, I was, like, locked in with... All the popular people didn't have, like, issues with anybody, but I was, like, always on my own shit, like a lone ranger. I had—and that came with also just living, like, far out um, because nobody—I had, like, no homies living around me necessarily, not in, like, a two or three Bond station radius. That was, like, the closest. So I spent, like, most of my time in the woods uh, fucking doing what I do
3: Skating.
1: Sm- yeah, smoking joints on tree stumps in the woods, <laughs> fucking going out to skate in the city. Um But yeah, I don't know. Like, uh, I spent most of my time in in Zehendorf, that is like the old American sector in West Berlin. But before that, I, uh, I lived in, in Reinickendorf in Tegel for like uh, quite some time, I think like eight, nine years. Mm. Mm.
3: And you were like when... When did the musical journey start for you? Did you play an instrument when growing up? Oh,
1: yeah. yeah? Uh, well, we had mandatory uh, mandatory band class in school, in high school. So you had to play an instrument. But alongside of that, our parents, uh, our parents, because I got like two siblings, and all of us play the piano. Uh, we had to play the piano since like, I don't know when I started, eight, nine or something. I did it for like 11, 12, 13 years, something like that. So, the music thing was like a thing. I was was like a noisy kid. Like, <laughs> I was in the room, like, I don't know, at eight or nine in the morning, I had, like, this Casio keyboard that is still, like, in my room as, like, a little trophy, and I was just, like, pressing buttons and some shit. My mom's always super annoyed. Dad's always super annoyed. It's like, yeah, man, would you read the goddamn notes? I'm like, bitch, what the fuck? Fucking, fuck you mean, what notes? <laughs> I was like, I'm just playing it by ear, blah, blah. And I was obviously not playing anything. I was just like, tampering around with it but you
3: enjoyed it oh yeah for sure I like noise (laughs) (laughs) from early age (laughs) yeah and
1: so eventually they were like yeah okay stick the." I mean we're gonna put you in like a class so you can actually learn how to play the instrument and then the first time I had the class she was like yeah okay so let's see like how you how you play the piano pre-class and it's like still just pressing buttons it's like okay well that's a nice start (laughs) let's learn (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and so yeah that's like the start of the musical journey but i hated it because i played like classical music and i wasn't down with classical music i wanted to play like black music like soul ragtime uh jazz stuff and then that slowly came and then i had a great uh tia- piano teacher shout out frau nishimura she was like killing it and she let me play like uh the whole Alicia Keys album, and I was out there fucking going insane, playing film, score music, and having a blast in retrospect. At the time, uh, it was more of a, yeah, fuck, piano lessons. But yeah. Yeah. And so eventually, oh, no, I think I quit piano lessons. I had, like, five years of just doing, like, visual work, painting, graphics, stuff like that. And then eventually I got bored with that while going to uni and I was like, yo, okay, if I'm going to do this all day for like the next four years, might as well do some sound stuff and make like my own sound for the videos because I wanted to be like super independent and not be reliant on like copyright issues. uh, Yeah. Listening to songs that I don't really like. And then I was like, yo, fuck man, have these rappers, they say like a bunch of bullshit I could be coming up with in like five minutes, so. (laughs) <laughs> learned how to do that, and yeah, never stopped learning. So I'm still learning. Here yeah, we are.
3: and like the electronic music, it it was a little bit accessible as you lived in Berlin in another way, I mm-hmm. guess. But how was your introduction to that? And
1: um, I think like the big, uh, yeah, the full circle is is and always has been uh, skateboarding, mm-hmm. just because uh, like we were young dudes like a young crew skating hanging out with like a lot of older dudes uh, and they would go out to party every now and then and obviously we couldn't get into clubs at like 15, 16 um, so we'd usually around summer and uh, and uh springtime. there would be hella open airs back when there was still open airs here um, and so we'd go there and obviously dance and intoxicate ourselves, smoke and drink and uh, yeah that was like interesting and all of a sudden I know my first girlfriend. She was really into electronic music too, um, and yeah, she put me onto that. And I was like, "Yo, dude, this is hard. I want to make this too." It seems like it makes sense to me, and I think I I know how to make this. And then, yeah, so that was that. But
3: and then you just bought your own equipment, or you? How did you you rent the studio? Or
1: the pirate bay goes a long way pirate bay crack everything no studio no nothing uh then some shit i'm not gonna say on camera to facilitate a studio and uh yeah there we were our makeshift uh, you found your ways yeah that uh, we made ends meet that's uh, that's pretty much it uh, yeah, so I guess, like, I, my first three or four years, or, or no, my first three years of making music was just a laptop and speakers, that's all. Because ah, yeah. it's not about the biggest toys, it's about the most uh, fantasy you have with the with the sound. For sure. Yeah.
3: For sure. Um, And if you look at to where you are today, mm-hmm. uh, because you, you did... At one point, decide to go st- for study, like to study. Yeah. And was that <coughs> something you decided to do because you you were feeling fed up with the music scene in some way, or did you, or to be able to like, pay your rent, or you know, or mm. how?
1: Um. No, actually, I got kicked out of school, out of high school. And
3: how old are you in?
1: In high school, I think you finish and with like eighteen, nineteen. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kicked
3: out for...
1: Bad grades. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, because I was just like f- mentally not in school. but yeah. w- I was physically, I was always there. Well, half the time. But um, mentally, I was always somewhere else. I was fucking drawing in my stuff always or on the computer on the side or being high in class and just waiting for time to pass. But, like, I had my real hobbies and my real... Uh, yeah, calling outside of class all the time. Like, I was good in arts and crafts and music and, like, creative stuff and sports, but, I mean, anything scientific, anything math, fuck that shit. don't know. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I got kicked out of school. I knew already I was going to do something, like, professionally with, with design, or at least I wanted to. So I was like, yeah, okay, uh, media design. Let's go. Let's get into that. Let's find a university and see who can... Who's going to take me without a degree? That was like another thing, like without um, the abitur. That's what they call the diploma here. Um, Yeah, so applied there, got taken. All of a sudden, I'm like fully a full student. And eventually, the music thing started, but it was never to facilitate anything. Also, going to uni wasn't. It was more of a, I need a degree, like if my music shit doesn't work. So it's all about having planned B's and C's. We like to be prepared. Yeah, and then I don't know, uh, went to went to uni, kinda was bored there too at some <laughs> point because it was like, yeah, okay. So today we're gonna show you about Photoshop, about this and that, and about drawing, about graphics. I'm like, yo dude, I've been doing this for like five years. I'm like underwhelmed right now. And so there again I was like, okay, past time. What do I do? I don't smoke anymore. So I'm at the laptop all day. I have a laptop just make music all day in class so i'm sitting there in class all day just making beats like through the <laughs> through the hoodie one headphone and it's like yeah 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 so mr mccarthy yeah you got that isn't like, what uh yeah sure hmm <laughs> yeah so it was a lot of that and then eventually the first gigs came in uh uni was not my priority anymore
3: how did you get the gigs the first ones were you already out there somehow like this was how many years ago?
1: I started studying at 2015. Okay. And I got on Life from Earth on in 2017. So, 20 two, yeah. so two years of just floating around. And I was like in a collective before Life from Earth, or I still am. It's called Selected Berlin. And uh, but we make like techno parties all across the country and in some uh, yeah outside of Germany, uh, some stops. But yeah, I was occupied with that, obviously. Then just like releasing for like soundcloud and stuff but then all of a sudden whoa fuck i'm like such a big life from earth fan and all of a sudden somebody from them writes me and it's like yo shit uh let's talk let's sit down and talk about maybe collaborating i'm like fuck really oh shit this can't be true meet the meet up with the guy after three months then all of a sudden he's like yeah okay well let's see what you're about man you have this performance at like a, a homies rap show and uh these homies are a bad set they're like a local uh rap crew that are not just a local rap crew. they're like superstars at this point but yeah they gave me the platform three tracks opening for them uh alongside a couple of others and the whole life from earth crew or at least like the heads were there and i was having like real mom spaghetti eight mile moments i'm like fuck 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 nobody knows me in the crowd i have three tracks nobody knows the tracks what if i bomb what if uh it all goes to shit. What if the tracks are not hitting? Fucking I was like vomiting on the on the bathroom before performances. And shit. It's
3: heavy pressure.
1: Yeah, and then came out, did the thing. There's still like videos from the performance. It went insane. Great crowd. And then right after I said, Yo, you wanna be on the team? I like, Do I? Yeah. Completely went insane. And so ever since that day, and it was like May twenty seventeen or something, it's been up more, like, slowly starting to get some bookings. Then all of a sudden it was like, yo, okay, I can't do my homework anymore because, you know, I'm gone. And then professors were like, yo, like, is this a hobby or is this, like, a job? And I was uh, always calling it, "Yeah, this is my job. Like, I'm not working. This is, like, what I want to do. Freelancing, not some dumbass agency work, like, own boss type shit. Mm.
3: Did you always have people who believed in you when it comes to your musical career would you say
1: mm, i mean i guess like now more so um but before i mean i i'd like to say that like my friends believed in uh, i yeah there's a couple of friends that were like yo this is gonna work someday for you but i mean that's one thing Yeah, so supportive would. um mm. Yeah, it's a difficult topic because I think like one. So there's like one person that uh, really did kick things off for me. His name is uh, Henning Gronkowski. He's like a director, and uh, we're friends from like ooh, yeah, 2014, 15. I went to his uh, his divorce party. Uh, a divorce party. a divorce party yeah awesome <laughs> best marketplace for business <laughs> and uh yeah no uh, we kicked it off together he asked me if i could photoshop something like whilst at the party and i'm like yo, yo i got this i got this well fix him up some work and then he was like yo we should work together and then eventually i told him like yo i do music and then we started working on like a cinema like movie together um for which i did the scoring eventually and he was always there uh really believing and putting like money into the projects and uh bought me omnisphere to my birthday and shit and took me to la to produce also for the movie so that was like 2017 also so it was like big stuff for me being like a nobody and you know just showing him like tracks that he thought were, were great and so yeah to this day uh i i owe a lot to this guy and that's for this, um, but yeah, now I guess where things are rolling, yeah, of course people <laughs> like the support because it's easy now. Yeah, and it's there's easy no now. That's the risk.
3: thing. But you, but to to because to uh, there's so much risks in pursuing your artistic careers, mm. and like like how to prioritize, like putting time into a job that gives you money at start mm. and artistic side, and to really the extra push to the artistic side i guess you need some comf- some like something within yourself or mm. support from outside or like you're gonna nail this like
1: yeah like i have i talk a lot to myself more than i talk to other people and like uh, not to come off as like arrogant or something but i knew i knew that my shit was okay and that if i just continue and sticking to the mission uh that and, and yeah, if I just mind my own business, eventually it will plan out to be something worthwhile. Um but yeah, also a big problem is a lot of times with these like believing in people and supporting people is like the uh yeah, the difference between crews. It's like if you have a lot of people who necessarily don't have like their own hobbies or their own calling and they make your calling to the like theirs Mm. then it's like okay it's easy to get them involved and they'll be there because they see they're like go-getters as well but they see like the the chance of you know the the monetary chance Mm. that they could have if you make it they make it and so they work harder but with my group of friends it's a bit different because all of us are like creatives and photographers filmers directors this is my tightest group of friends and uh they're all busy and we're all just so busy that we can't even, like, pull up to our own premieres or album release parties or birthdays, for that matter. It's, uh, yeah, it's always tough. And so, uh, yeah, I've kind of, like, come to terms that there's nobody that's going to support me, like, for my friends. Not because they can. Like, not because they can. It's just because you know, people have shit to do. People have real lives to follow. Who am I to have them dedicate all their time to me? Like, you know, they have their own money to pay. I mean, rent to pay. Yeah,
3: yeah, exactly.
1: And so, yeah, I'm cool with that. I'm cool with that. And uh, I like to bathe in the fact that, hey, I'm here and I came here on my own and I'll leave here on my own too.
3: Bam. You have recently released My uh, Voice, My Weapon. Want to tell us a little bit about how the process of creating that has looked like?
1: Mm, Yeah, the process has been uh, actually pretty... uh, unspectacular it's just been going to the studio or my bedroom Mm. and or being on tour uh having like a show somewhere and then i book like three or four weeks extra in that city like i'm i really love london it gives me like a very uh yeah the vibe of having and wanting to work 25 8 Um, but yeah so just running into studios and kind of just living life and talking about it on the record yeah. that's been like the recording process and after like a half a year or something i'll probably start annoying the label like yo i got like six seven eight tracks for the release let's fucking release it They're sh- they're fire and i tested them on the dance floor and they go crazy <laughs> and they're blah it blah.
3: feels like you are never uninspired it feels like you mm. always have something that is like wanting to get out it's yeah for sure yeah.
1: i mean if you treat uh I treated, I never wrote, like, a diary or something, but ever since I started, like, writing music, I'm kind of, like, treating this as, like, my diary. So, as long as I live, I have, like, shit to talk about because I have shit that piss me off and shit that I want to say and make people, like, inform people, but also inform them while they're dancing, maybe. So, that's, like, the motivation. And
3: Yeah. Do you have any... So, where does the title come from? <laughs> or, like, the motive?
1: Ah, uh, so... I don't know. Um, my voice, my weapon. Of, uh, no, Grace Jones has like a track, um, and it's called "This Is" and it has like this intro. This is my voice, my weapon of choice, and it goes into depth about uh, I don't know, utilizing your voice and making it uh, yeah, yeah, weaponizing your voice and not using weapons to weaponize yourself. Um, and so I always thought this was like a very I don't know. Also, being like uh, I don't know, having like a Afro background, I always thought like because it's always easy for for us black folks to to use force because uh, it, it's genetic and we've been rebelling against the system since eons. But using this actually um, via your voice was like a way of for me to say at least yo, I'm a informed. Smart, witty, fucking young black folk that's out here trying to make a difference, on and off the dance floor, and yeah, I thought it was an interesting theme, and so um, transformed uh, a Glock into uh, a megaphone, and uh, yeah, now we have like sixteen tracks about being an MC in the techno scene, and uh, yeah, kind of telling stories along a dance track how it works out you must be the judge
3: (laughs) no i loved it i think it's awesome
1: and thank you so much i i I can't see in the future right now that's why i could flop too (laughs) (laughs) it's all about statements because i'm a super competitive person also because i know that a lot of times shit is just being like gate kept within the scene and it's like tough to make yourself known if you have like not uh like uh like a a background of having like connections or anything and i was always like a person who never had connections but i had the content and i had like the work ethics to do it so it's like yeah okay you know anybody in the techno scene can release an ep okay fine anybody can fucking maybe release the album and uh have like 12 similar sounding tracks on it and that's cool too i guess but we're trying to one-up it again and again and eventually have, like, six, seven, eight different genres of, like, a real singer-songwriter rap album, but, like, in the techno sense. And we're trying to, like, blur lines in between, like, hip-hop culture and MC culture as it is actually a substantial part of of uh, electronic music, too. Um, and, yeah, kind of, like, really make try and make something new.
3: Yeah, what's your, speaking of the electronic scene, like, what's your view on it? Mm.
1: would you say? Well, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, difficult topic. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, there's a lot of, obviously, there's a small group of tastemakers that are all in their own lane.
3: Yeah, no, it is a difficult topic, or a sensitive one also, I guess. Yeah, I mean,
1: this fucking scene is super sensitive. You can't... Mm -hmm. Everybody likes to fucking get down and get super... Slutty on the fucking dance floor, and I appreciate that, and I love channeling my inner slut, and I love everybody else channeling theirs, being free and whatever. But then people start becoming PC about the most outlandish stuff, and it's like, come on, let's stick to music. Everybody loves ghetto music. Everybody plays ghetto music, and now we're talking about revealing ourselves in supposed safe spaces, and not mining, like, the music part. So it's become very political. It's become very stigmatized. And, um, yeah, I'm here for the music and not for the politics. That's my opening and closing statement. But um, as far as artists, like, artists, um, I don't know. There's a lot of similar being and looking people. Um, I could, like, I'd like to shout out... All the all the homies at this point, but the list would be long, so we're not going <laughs> to do that. And I might forget somebody, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's tough for me to speak on the scene, on the record, because a lot of times it just pisses me the fuck off. But I'm not here to be pissed off. I'm here to just put out music and have a good time and dance for it. And that's
3: so. If you could change something within the scene, it would be that people relax and just focus on music.
1: Or um, yeah, focus on music for one. Um, but I already I can I can read the comment section. I can see the future right now. Yeah, of course, it's the man that says yeah. Fuck all these topics that need to be talked about. And it's like no, I'm not trying to have like this topic on the dance floor with you. I'm trying to have this maybe in like a you know confined area. I don't know. I don't like to. <sighs> it's because it's tough nowadays because people have become like also social media has made people moderators of conversations that are not there to moderate and and they're not the moderators for. So I just like to take a step back.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, But if I wanted to change something, then, um, Hmm. Damn. That's a fucking hardest question. Fast forward two minutes. Be uh yeah, think outside the box, push push limits and try something new and I don't know, experiment. God damn it. Fucking just take a risk. Take a risk, fuck safe plays. Everybody can do safe plays. Unless it's for business, then do safe plays because you gotta eat too. But I mean as far as like artistically speaking, take that risk. Try. Fuck it if it sounds like ass, but you tried. Nobody can take that from you. Shit. Uh, Do you
3: have... You say it's not political, but in some... How it's political also. Yeah. But do you have something... What would you say is motivating you besides that you need to get your thoughts out and this is the way... That's how I understood it, that this mm. is the way you chose, the form you chose of mm. getting your, instead of writing, for example. Yeah. You do writing, though, yeah, as well, but we in the form of music. Mm. But, like, what is pushing you?
1: Um, I guess the not having anybody to say it to. So a lot of times I'm, like, a, so focused, on, I'm a Capricorn, so I'm, like, super focused on work and very motivated on just, like, getting shit done. But a lot of times that means also that I like bottle up emotions or I don't confront myself about certain sentiments. And I, or even if I do confront it, then I usually try to wash it away with either auto aggressions of just fucking myself up or, or I'll try and make like the tracks or something. And the tracks has been like a good outlet. And that's like what it comes down to at, at the end of the day. It's like the. Music the least self harming music way.
3: Do you believe in purpose? Would you say having a purpose w- in life, or
1: yeah? I mean, uh, obviously, when you realize is not like your choice, but uh, or what your purpose is is also not your choice, but the realization it comes to you eventually. Yeah, I do believe that. But You can't choose your purpose, like, it finds you. Like, for instance, I don't think that if my parents would have said, hey, he's fucking around with a keyboard, let's put him in, like, a music school and make him be a producer, then I wouldn't have had, like, my my calling all of something, like, oh, my God, this must be my purpose. But no, I took, like, ten detours, a fucking shitty high school experience and a shitty uni experience, or to some degree, shitty uni experience, And uh, ended up here uh, at Playful (laughs) 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 Mag, And so, yeah, now I kind of realize, yo, this is my calling, but I also don't like, I think like my calling is not music, but maybe it's like entertainment or it's uh, content or something. I mean, I thought before, like arts and crafts is my calling, but eventually I moved beyond that and now I'm at music. So maybe one day I'm like, yo, fuck music. I'm gonna do something different. Mm -hmm. Mm. So it's like phases. Maybe I'm like still growing up and I'm still stuck in my music phase right now. Maybe like 30s onwards, I'm like, I'll be like interior designer or something.
3: But I feel with this completely. I'm Mm. also a person who can get like sick of stuff. Yeah. And just, but just the feel of creating something and having something to entertain your mind with is really important. And then Mm. the form you choose is. It comes from somewhere, but yeah, it's it can definitely
1: one yeah. I'm adding to that, but I think one thing that's gonna keep me here for like a long time is the point that I'm not winning at anything. It's like, or a little here and there, but it's like there's so much to be seen and done and like to really achieve that. I feel like unless I don't achieve this, I'm not gonna become lazy or anything. It's like oh, if. If I'm heard in the city, I want to be heard in the country. If I'm heard in the country, I want to be heard on this continent. And if I've, if I'm like, heard there, then fuck. Everybody should hear me on the fucking continent because before I choose like another one. So there's always like levels up, and that's what motivates me. At the end of the day, it's mm. like not being comfortable because people get fame locally. All of a sudden, the tracks start to sound all the same, and it's like yeah. Uh.
3: Yeah, being comfortable is like poison to Canceling. art. Yeah. <laughs> it's true.
1: That's why yeah. humble yourself, sleep on the floor.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Live a little. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any visions for your own future or do you leave it be and let like take it as it comes?
1: Um I I leave it up to my fever dreams to predict the future. Um because as much as I want to the only thing that yeah. No, I try not to anymore. I, I know I can not like, choose my path like this. The only thing that I can decide here and now is to just give 100% and try and give it my all and say I try. And yeah. anything beyond that is out of my reach, the universe decides.
3: So so you don't really work with goal setting in that sense. You more so focus on the what you have in front of you then.
1: Oh yeah, no, I'm all about goals, and but not in like a long term aspect. It's more about like goals of stuff that I can actually that's like tangible that I can grab and achieve now or in, in like a week or something. And then you have like long ongoing goals, like for instance, my sport stuff is like an ongoing goal, but like my music stuff, I can't predict how how this release went past time past tense, <laughs> um or. Uh, who's gonna fuck with me like next year? I mean, for all I know, maybe the sound that I'm trying to uh, to show people it goes out of fashion. Maybe somebody somebody from the PC realm finds me un- unattainable, and I'm banned from the music scene for whatever. But it can. That's why I cherish the moment a lot, and I don't try to like overstep my my luck. Yeah. Try my luck.
3: Yeah exactly you need you. Uh, yeah i think it would be dangerous to see this is the only thing so i'm gonna ever be able to do otherwise i'm gonna you know if, yeah. you, if you hype it too much it's also you put it out of reach
1: mm. yeah it's like somehow. stepping stones like yeah. every goal one time like one step at a time yeah but not like i can't look at the finish line if i have like 100 steps in front no. of me No, no, no. so it's like step for step
3: now we have come to the part of the podcast where if you're a Patreon, you'll get to listen to the extra material, where we talk about finding your own niche as a musician and dig deeper within how one can think as a new musician when it comes to needing to pay rent and going all in on your musical path. If you're curious, go to patreon.com playfulmagazine and have a listen to the juicy stuff. <laughs> Can you say which one you prefer, or if it's both or none? But preferably, Mm -hmm. it's one of them.
1: Okay, I suck (laughs) at these things.
3: No, it's gonna be easy. Uh, McDonald's or Risa Chicken?
1: Oh yeah, okay, that's actually easy. (laughs) McDonald's all day. Risa, I had this for two years. Now I can eat like one chicken piece, and I feel like I need to lay down for ten hours.
3: Yeah, you get really stuffed.
1: Risa, was habt ihr mit der Formel gemacht? Irgendwas ist anders mit eurem Öl. (laughs)
3: Okay. Flower power protest or throwing stones? Second. Sex or money?
1: Sex or money? Sex.
3: Soho house or kneipe?
1: Fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um... My former self would have said "Kneipe" all day, baby, but my uh, grow, starting to be grown-up self is you have to move up in ranks. So I've, I've evolved from a Kneipe, no, from a Späti to a Kneipe, <laughs> to a regular bar, and now, yes, we do kick it at Soho a bunch of times, but we earn it.
3: Damn. All right, leveling up.
1: Leveling up, yeah, yeah. Oh.
3: YouTube or Netflix?
1: YouTube because there is more to watch, and yeah, we really be getting into those YouTube deep dives. Also, Netflix keep changing their fucking prices. They do. Yeah, every I other year. This. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> but uh, not that it matters. But it's like yo.
3: They should tell us.
1: <laughs> it's in the newsletters. You oh. never opened.
3: Over- <laughs> News, I hate that. Come on, Amanda!
1: It's in the newsletters. <laughs>
3: Oh, my God. Don't you read the newsletters? Yeah, I never do. No. Uh, okay, now to the assumptions. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is so ideas that we have been getting from you by watching your Instagram and the content you lay out. Oh,
1: shit, let's go sp-
3: <laughs> You always voice message instead of text.
1: Damn right. Absolute yeah. fact. I hate fucking texting. I'm not... It could be my mom, and I won't text her back because it's like I have no, I'm always like all over the place with my thoughts. It's easier for me to listen to somebody, listen to the phone, and talk at the same time. I got like ADHD undiagnosed by must have it because I'm just all over the place. But yeah, fuck you if you're writing me long ass texts. Nine times out of 10, I'm not answering, or I'll answer in like voicemails. But then they complain, <laughs> dude, I hate voicemails.
3: <laughs> Alright, that one was uh, true. As a teenager, you loved pranks and thought the more risky the better.
1: Yeah, that seems like a pretty spot on assumption. <laughs> yeah. Also. What did you do? Oh fuck. I don't know. Uh, I was like uh part of like a yeah, a crew and we called ourselves Huzos. Um it translates to sons of bitches. And we just fuck each other up all day in high school. that means just like randomly start fist fighting with with each other in between classes or um pouring drinks over uh, us or I don't know spiking drinks uh, or fuck like
3: spiking each other's drinks, yeah, yeah, with
1: liquor obviously, <laughs> but oh, okay, okay like during class or I don't know just. Um, like we smoke joints in between class and then we just fucking empty the eye drops or something or have like only one more drop left and then some some of us would sit in class with like one red small eye and the other one clear <laughs> white looking like an alien but yeah, a lot of physical stuff I don't know, the pulling away chairs in public or making a scene making people uncomfortable so yeah, stuff jackass type stuff
3: so fun
1: <laughs> it never gets old
3: no did uh, you record it
1: uh no actually because we couldn't could never upload it nowhere
3: no that's true yeah
1: like anything you got
3: that. thrown out anyway so you could have <laughs> yeah
1: no my flex was uh smoking dope at at high school after i got accept uh, accepted to uni which was before everybody else graduated from my uh, from my, like, year, from my class. So I was ex- kicked out of school, but accepted in uni, and smoking, like, joints in the park with the principal next to me.
3: You have at least one titanium screw inside your body.
1: Uh Oh, like a surgical screw? Yeah. Uh Yeah, in my ankle, actually. In your ankle. Yeah. Uh, and a bunch of unaccounted loose screws in my fucking head. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Oh, okay. You learned how to unzip a bra with one hand by the age of fourteen.
1: I wish, but I think the only thing I could unzip at fourteen was my own drawers, and <laughs> that's it.
3: Okay, that one was not correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, you donate blood once a year.
1: No, no, I don't think my liver values, or if that matters, I don't. I don't even do drugs should be i don't know does uh if i drink a lot that they won't let me donate blood and i do like to have a drink
3: <laughs> okay okay um you are blacklisted by some artists simply because you don't know who they are when you're meeting them
1: mm, like in the literal sense no
3: you you wouldn't know actually.
1: Yeah, I I I wouldn't know, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, I know for a fact that I'm probably blacklisted by like a couple artists just for having different different views on things. This this occurs. Mm. Cancel culture. Yeah, cancel yeah, culture. Canc- yeah.
3: What's your view on cancel culture?
1: Cancel cancel culture. Mm. Um yeah, I don't know it's uh it's I don't know, it's great. People can cancel each other off the internet too, but they don't always need to make like a platform out of it and they don't always have to want to become the moderator and the lead of this this uh, cancellation process. People are always so cloud-thirsty that they want to become like the, the spearhead of the whole cancel operation. Yeah, I noticed this first. And yeah, if you have anything... Revolving this uh, this topic, so we can take him like take his reach away, and uh, put it somewhere else, and take him out of this world. Then please refer to me as your as your leader. It's always the same shit. Yeah, and it's always self entitled people who are who are uh, not very uh, yeah who are unsettled with themselves or who make like other people's lives their mission. Um, yeah. Unhappy people. I mean. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. Uh, Last one. Mm -hmm. Oh God. (laughs) You made one of your school teachers cry at least once.
1: Not that I know of. Or um, I mean, there was this French teacher. She did cry because of like our class just being a little bit overboard like that one day. Did I have a uh, role in that? No.
3: <laughs> okay, then.
1: Mm, no, no. <laughs> Damn.
3: <laughs> Pretty good, but not full pot.
1: Mm, yeah, yeah.
3: Thank you so much for coming
1: here. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Big, <laughs>